Hello, everyone. I'm Melina. And I'm Aditi. Welcome to an episode of Yakin' About Bojack. Yes, welcome. Melina, what do you think about this episode, season five, episode four, Bojack the Feminist? He's really going on that feminist train this season. Yes, yes. <laughs> I think we brought this up, yeah, with the even the episode, not the corn one, but the one before that. Was it? Like, yeah. but the gratuitous nudity. Oh, yeah. <laughs> now, I wonder, because this is something that comes up in this episode, is it Bojack or the fact that Philbert is such a <laughs> misogynistic show that even Bojack noticed? <laughs> is that what they're really saying here? I mean, I feel like if it's enough to get Bojack to notice something like that, you know, that's that's pretty good. A lot yeah, of it's times, pretty good. I don't think he notices things. I think this episode was really the definition of the bar is on the floor. <laughs> so sad. You know, we gotta gotta not choke our wives. You know, like yeah, I don't know. Fine. Yeah, I didn't realize that was such a radical new idea worthy of applause. <laughs> it was worthy of applause. So before we jump into things, Melina, do you want to hear a summary? Yes. Yes, I do. Let's get started. So this episode came out season five, episode four, Bojack the Feminist, as I mentioned, on September 14th, 2018. We start off with Philbert needs a new partner and Flip and Princess Carolyn think of the infamous celebrity Vance Wagner, resident asshole, and now apology professional. Bojack accidentally takes a stand against Vance, but soon realizes it's a way to garner praise. Now, feminist Bojack takes guidance from Diane. Plus, Anna Spanakopita returns as Vance's publicist, and she turns this all around and attacks Philbert for being anti-feminist. Bum, bum, bum. Anna just, uh, I was not expecting her to show up. Like... I think you did have a theory slash prediction that she would return. Right? Melina, your stance really has been that most people in this show do return because Hollywood's a small place. That's true, but I guess I didn't expect her to return in this manner. <laughs> yes, but did you realize that she never actually spoke to Bojack? I can see that. Like she's like, this prey isn't. I'm not gonna. They're not gonna fall for me, so I gotta go after like the other prey. I don't think it's prey. I think it's more that she's not gonna fall down a trap. Because I think with Bojack, there was a lot of very bad power struggles and possibly not power struggles. There's the power dynamics were really not beneficial i think to either of them and when mm. she realized she wasn't winning and i think anna lives in a very much like zero-sum game she has to always be winning mm. um mentality that she's not gonna go down the path with bojack because she doesn't feel like she's winning so she's completely cut that out um and i think that's just anna's worldview as a person she's much more focused on i must be winning at all time which is how she takes even diane's own statement what did you think about that diane you know convincing anna to not protect these men. Honestly, even when uh, at the end, like I don't think it was really a ploy. Like when she mm -hmm. when she was giving Diane the uh, recording of what Bojack did. Yeah. Like I personally didn't see that as like a like a ploy. Like oh my gosh, like like woman to woman, like this is what you're protecting too. I thought it was just generally like a. I think you should know about this. I think that that was not genuinely, you should just know about this, or maybe it was, maybe it was. So uh, I thought it was interesting that one, Anna recorded it, which I guess knowing her area and field, she always has receipts. Don't make mm. an enemy of Anna Spanakopita <laughs> because when you're working with her, she knows all your dirt and she will dig it up. Mm. 
Second, I think it is a bit of lingering hate towards Bojack and her wanting to win. Like working with Bojack, she lost. She put all that time and effort. She lost all her other. She was hedging her bets, right? She was working for multiple people to see if they'd win an Oscar. Mm. And she worked that season on only Bojack and she he didn't get it, right? He didn't get it. True. So I feel like some of that was some resentment towards Bojack. I honestly felt like even when Diane was telling her, like, Anna, you can't protect these men as women. We are protecting men who do are effectively doing bad behavior that are misogynistic to women that are normalizing, you know, negative behaviors. We shouldn't be protecting them because being their friend gives them that. Mm. And I think that you saw Anna processing it, but her reaction didn't actually make me feel like anything changed. Mm. She still protected Vance, right? Mm -hmm. Instead, she used Vance to attack the show and then she attacked Bojack. Hmm. And I think maybe that's because she's like, I need you to know, Diane, you aren't that hoity-toity. Like it was, it, it didn't seem to me. Maybe it was. Maybe I'm not giving her the benefit of the doubt, Melina. I don't know, but you're also right in the given her the way like she's very cutthroat. So I can also see how she would like do what she needs to win. Yeah, this do what she. But that being said, she let Diane know that she is protecting a man that has done some problematic things. However, listening to the recording, Bojack had. Does that seem incriminating? I mean, in the so we have the background of like, yeah. who the people were, but I'm not sure from the recording itself, like would Diane, could Diane tell like the age, like the situation, like the relationships? No. Also, in the recording, it's very interesting, but Bojack is very clearly saying he did not do anything. Mm-hmm. And he feels guilty because he's not sure of what can happen. Like this is a complicated part where when rewatching this show, I am somehow more sympathetic towards Bojack. In the beginning, I was like livid and angry. And I am older now when I'm rewatching it. This came out in 2018. I'm now rewatching it for the first time in 2023. And I don't know why part of me is like thinking now that I've lived in my life sometimes, have I ever wondered, hey, sometimes I'm an autopilot. Now, I'm not trying to justify bad behavior. I'm not saying that I've murdered someone and been like, "Ah, whoops, that was the wrong thing to do right (laughs) now. No, no, no. I'm not saying that. I am saying that some of Bojack's confession to Anna, like it seems his hangup is in his self-ruminations. Like he is reflecting on whether he himself was a bad person and whether he would have gone through doing something bad, right? Like he acknowledges mm-hmm. in that confession that it was bad mm-hmm, and he's mm-hmm. concerned that he is not strong enough of character to have done the right thing. Mm. And to me, when I hear this now, I'm like, oh, okay, this seems very different. Am I just a more compassionate person than I was in 2018? What, it doesn't seem like a confession for someone saying, hey, I did something bad, or, you know, I've been thinking about doing the bad thing. He seemed relieved that, and maybe I I, I don't remember the exact line. He was happy that Charlotte walked in, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Take a step back. We've gone really deep onto this. (laughs) Basically, I don't think that tape is incriminating as some of the stuff Vance has done. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I don't want to compare bad guys, but I'm comparing bad guys. Like Vance (laughs) beat up a prostitute, has actually choked his own wife, right? Has actually been sleeping with minors if some of these reports and allegations are there. These are actual crimes that he has Mm -hmm. committed and then proceeds to just apologize. They come out, he apologizes, and it seems like it's enough. 
Yeah, the whole the We Forgive You Awards. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> so before we go to We Forgive You, I want to talk about that. Okay. When she's sharing the tape, I think it is hurting for Diane because she trusts Bojack. Mm-hmm. But I don't think it's the same level as protecting someone for, you know, protecting a man for doing something bad. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I think especially with the tape itself, like if you don't have any context at all, like with the tape, you can't tell anything about it. You just see him like not being sure what he would do with someone, but yeah, you wouldn't know anything about like, oh, the person's like a minor or these things. So like, yeah, I don't know what else is in the tape. I think it does continue and, and some context might be provided by Anna, for example, right? Oh, maybe after. It's, mm. Yeah, it's not a good look for the type of person Bojack is, but let's talk about the forgivies because <laughs> I think that's definitely something like, uh, why is this a thing? And how is it okay after? So like Bojack has not actually, like this is a borderline gray area versus mm. Vance has done things that are definitely bad, like committing acts of violence and crime against people. Mm. Right. The forget just the, like he's also spoken hateful words and had had hate speech against people. And is generally extremely insensitive and racist. Okay. And he's a misogynist. However, he has actually committed violence. Like, you know, hitting a prostitute with a baseball bat is a crime. Mm. No. I think, I think hitting anyone with a baseball bat. I'm oh, like, sorry. You're right. You're right. <laughs> sorry. Verification. <laughs> don't hit people with baseball bats. Oh, my God. I should get applause. A standing ovation. <laughs> I am a humanist. <laughs> Thank you, thank you. I will take the Nobel Peace Prize now. I'm I'm so grateful. Thank you. Don't hit people with baseball bats. It was it was life changing to to hear these words come out of my mouth. It changed myself as I spoke them. No, I'm done. I'm done. Well, what are your thoughts on the forgivies, Melina? The forgivies was hilarious. <laughs> like just being like. I'm sorry. And then that forgives like everything you've done. I'm like, um, I don't think that's how that works. Yeah. I think what episode is it now? It's been a few seasons. And I think this is a topic that comes up a lot in Bojack because, Mm. you know, we're talking about good, bad, like what are, where are the lines? Apologies and doing good apologies. We talked about it before. Retribution and making action are really what's important. So taking accountability that you did something wrong, pointing out how you're learning, uh, what you're doing is growth. And it looks like Vance has a publicist writing them. So his apologies sound pretty. Mm. But I don't think he's done any of the work. Do you? No, I don't think so. Other than just saying, like, I'm sorry, which is like, it's like, oh, I'm sorry for stabbing you. Will you forgive me? Oh, yeah. It's like, it's like no. <laughs> it seems like every time he speaks, he's like, after he says something problematic, he immediately goes, uh, but you know, this community, I, you know, I totally understand them and I respect them. <laughs> the other thing I hated was the way he he um, made it okay to say things. He's like, oh, but I have friends from this community. And I was like, mm, mm. that's never good. <laughs> have you read Ibram X. Kendi's book, um, How to Be an Anti-Racist? No, I have not. Uh, so I read this in the midst of 2020 during the George Floyd, um, sorry, the Black Lives Matter after George uh, George Floyd was murdered. Mm-hmm. And it was life-changing. Uh, so, so much of that book, and there is a version, I think, like if you want to read it, there's an audiobook version, which is what the one that I listened to. I'll put it in the notes. So one of the points that he brings up um, mm-hmm. is, or Kendi brings up, is that you can be a racist even if you're part of the racial group mm-hmm. okay I can do because that. yeah racial i uh stereotypes are also 
So you're still living in the same environment and system that has the same racial stereotypes. So you can see them for yourself. And it's the same way where women can be um, not feminist, right? Mm -hmm. There are things that women have told me that I don't think they've realized how problematic it's been, right? Mm-hmm. Like I've been told by women of an older generation, typically that when I'm in a room of mixed company, that I should not speak because uh, there are men speaking. Melina, have you ever been told this? I have not. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I have been. I've Dang. actually been told this, and I, I don't think like I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt, right? Which is, I think they have been raised in which that was the expectation of women. That was a very patriarchal, misogynistic worldview, mm-hmm. and they learned that was the rule to survive, and that's what they do. But it is not enough to say that, right? To be feminist, right? You are actually having to realize, wait, question this, realize it is wrong and challenge that view, right? Mm. So in that same way, in this book, he talks about being an anti-racist is the actual opposite of being racist. Simply not saying a racist action is not enough because you have to actively examine the uh, biases you have Hmm. and understand those, right? And question those in that same way, right? It's sort of like an act and a policy when you're an anti-racist. I strongly believe that we should be living our lives more complexly and analyzing. So I'm a huge fan of the Vlogbrothers. And when they renamed their a company to Complexly, they had a, uh, a video that went up about having to see the world complexly. Mm-hmm. And so I really like this concept of viewing the worldview um, as complex, right? As seeing... Uh, and I'll find the video, put in the link when they did that. It, it just really, imagine others complexly. It came out six years ago when they when they um, relaunched this business. So I'll put it in the chat. Um, and I really believe that taking that time, it's a practice, a little bit of effort. I'm not very good at this. I'll say I'm mm-hmm. sure in the podcast, people can watch it and clock me on certain things I've said. Mm-hmm. But um, working on building that space and then examining our worldviews and accepting uh, you know, perspectives constantly throughout our life as we're growing and changing. And then making sure to realize, hey, if I want to be not sharing in the racist racist ideologies of the environment that I'm in, I should be examining them and being anti-racist. So that was the biggest takeaway I got from that book, especially that you can be from the same racial group and still be racist. And he talks about this chapter about when um, the author was in college about how he did things. Specifically, he used to wear, it's called orange eyes. It's when you wear colored Mm -hmm. contacts. And... It is sort of a way in which to make him seem, he didn't realize the intentions then, but he realizes upon reflection that younger him was trying to make himself seem less black, right? Ah, interesting. Which in itself is, it seems kind of harmless on the surface level, but he realizes that deep down some of that motivation was, he was taking some of that racist ideology to realize that it felt less than, like society treated you as less than, and he wanted to seem less not like less black. I don't know. There's I'd use less a lot as a word, but he was, he had internalized those racist ideologies, ideologies and had enforced it on himself. So Hmm. saying that you have a friend in a group (laughs) doesn't really work. Not that I'm saying your friend is now also biased, but it's not enough to say you're in association with a group or anything like that. It takes Mm -hmm. active work on that part. Yeah, and you can have a friend in the group. You can also be very anti them. (laughs) Also, your friend might be like how Diane has to be in this in in the in Filbert, right? Like Mm -hmm. the expectation and Flip was really 
vocal about what the expectation is. She's like, oh, she has to sit gosh. quietly. She's on the staff, so in the credits, it looks like there's a woman, but she's not allowed to say anything. Yeah, at that point, it's just like, Diane should just leave. Like, Yeah, she should leave and make a big deal. Diane knows how to speak up, mm-hmm. but if your friend doesn't feel safe in your group to speak up when things have been said against them, mm. uh, is that really a safe environment? Melina, have you ever been in that situation? Yeah, I definitely have been in environments where it's like people have very strong like opinions, ideologies about different things and different people. And yeah. it's, I'm not saying like whether it's right or wrong, but it's more so like because it's such a, a like a strong idea, it's like anything that you say that doesn't agree with it, they will just like shoot you back. Yeah. And yeah. it's like, well. <laughs> I think that's why having safe spaces is really important for people to share. But also when you feel hurt or you want to share like your perspective, you're allowed to do that. I think that's important. It can be really hard for people to have like good discourse Mm-hmm. Um, in this day and age without yelling at each other mm-hmm. or attacking someone's character right away, mm-hmm. uh, which can be really hard. And as we saw when last <laughs> time Mr. Peanut Butter tried to have a debate, it fell apart. Oh, Mr. Peanut Butter. I mean, he's trying to change. Yeah, what did you think about that? His attempts to act tough uh, <laughs> backfired completely. Yeah, Mr. Peanut Butter is such a sweet dog. I don't know why he thinks he can be tough. Have you? Can I? Can a lab be tough? Look at how adorable they are. They just have like lab energy, right? They're just like lovely and happy all the time. Oh my goodness! Hey, he tried. You know, he tried to push people into the garbage cans, and he's like, "Wow, you helped my tinnitus." <laughs> Oh my goodness he was like oh god even when he went into the bar he was like wow thank you for sharing this news about local <laughs> politics and he was like, oh, my god. oh my goodness but i think it worked out because it looks like mr peanut butter might be a, like working with bojack have they ever worked together on a show uh there was the what do celebrities know oh uh what are the know do they know things let's yeah. find out yeah <laughs> i guess they were together but mr peanut butter definitely hosted that show that's true. Wait, I forgot. Oh. What what is uh what's Mr. Peanut Butter doing on this set again? They well, they need a new partner. But after all the bad press when uh-huh. Anna accused the show of being anti-feminist, yeah. um, they hired Diane, mm-hmm. and now they're looking at the new partner being someone who's a nice guy. And then Princess Carolyn gets like a call from Mr. Peanut Butter, and she's like, "I think I have someone in mind." Oh yeah. Okay, that could. Uh, although, will his will he offset? The horribleness of Filbert. Yes. Will he offset it? Also, will Mr. Peanut Butter say anything about it? Because mm. actually, he doesn't really speak up. But do you think he would? I don't know. Like, this would be interesting. Because usually he just kind of agrees with everyone. Like, he doesn't have his own opinion. Yeah, he does not have <laughs> his own opinions. We know that from the gubernatorial race. I don't know. Because I do kind of wonder, like, if this would bring in, like... Because, like, Diane's very feminist. Yeah, and Diane is also working on this show. And will she speak up? That's the real question. What is your prediction on that as well? I feel like she might. So, like, I don't know. Her character is that she usually does. But in this episode, was very, like, she was very, like, oh, it's not going to matter, like, whatever I do. She looked defeated. Yeah. Yeah, So I'm like, so first of all, I'm just like, that is not who I know. But okay. (laughs) No, okay. But I'm curious, like, maybe mm-hmm. Mr. Peanut Butter, because he still likes her, um, like Diane. And then mm-hmm. so maybe if he sees her being, like, not being the, the Diane that he knew, he might say something. 
like uh, kind of like in defense of her or like in defense of feminism just because it's like a, I still love this woman thing. Interesting. I also think that the reason Diane might be a little bit more defeated is mm-hmm. because of the divorce. Oh, that yeah. makes a lot of sense. Like she did bring up over and over again, like things she wanted to see change and da da da. And yeah, everything was met with deaf ears. Okay. Yeah, I think that that is another compounding factor. Like we did have the whole episode where she survived it, mm-hmm. and she knows she's a survivor. But I think it's a little bit fresh, and she's feeling a little bit on the down. And it takes, it, it, you know, in order to fight for something you need to be coming from a place of strength and um enough and i think right now it's very challenging for diane okay yeah and she already was fighting a lot this episode Mm -hmm. and uh bojack with his performative feminism oh Oh my my goodness do you want to talk about this he was like so not interested in it at all until he was like, "Oh my gosh, I can get like audiences to like me and praise me for this." Like and as we know, Bojack lives for that external validation. Ugh. <laughs> I would be so frustrated if I was in Diane's shoes. Like, yes. I've been trying to tell you something for so long. Plus, did you see his shirt? He wanted the bay, right? Like, feminism is bay, except oh, yeah. the bay was B A Y, not even B A E. <laughs> and I was like, oh my goodness. Oh my oh, goodness. No. This is making me cringe. Um, because as we know, listeners, B-A-E stands for before anything else, which means it's top priority. So feminism is bae actually kind of makes sense, right? Even though bae is used as a term of endearment for your partner. However, feminism is bae, like B-A-Y, down by the bae, where the, you know, where the buffalo sing. What's the song, Melina? I don't know the song. Down by the bae, down by the bae. Where the something something sing. Yeah. Is this Canadian song? I, I do not know. I don't even remember the name of the song. I just know Down by the Bay, Down by the Bay. I do too. Where I something, something happens. It's so old. Which is like, I got to make sure we all remember this. You know, bring it to the top. Examine this. No, we're trying to find a link for it. So what do you think? We were making fun of it. The bar being on the floor. Don't hit people with baseball bats. But <laughs> what did you think about Bojack's performative sort of feminism? It's 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 similar to to Vance's performative apologies. Yes, like it's all just to to get. It's not any better. Like, yeah, just to get people to like you, to get people to like spend like, and, and all like like it's just a tool that they use to like get more like garner mm-hmm. more sympathy, get people to like sign for sign yeah. them on or whatever. It reminds me of how because it's performative. It's kind of like when. Like they're getting something out of it. They're getting mm-hmm. the attention and praise, but they're, are they doing that much? A speaking up does make a big difference. However, it kind of reminds me of like when really rich people like billionaires mm-hmm. and also um, celebrities like donate a lot to charity and they get all this fame. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, but they also got a huge tax write off. <laughs> so I'm like, mm. Like, just, it feels also sketchy. Like there's a part of it that feels a bit dirty about it. Like I, w- I think that part of it is also depending on like, does it actually have an outcome? Like, mm-hmm. if a billionaire donates like a huge chunk load of money to charity, and sure they get a tax write off, but if the charity actually flourishes and like, say, a lot of people are saved or have like better yeah. like living circumstances or different things, like even though even though if it's performative, like I still think it's beneficial. 
for the people who actually like benefited from it. True. Um, this is fun. I will link something also in the chat in the in the bottom of our description, which is uh, Adam ruins everything. Do you know the guy Adam from Adam ruins everything? Uh, yes, yes. So that Adam made a video about how the Patagonia CEO donated a bunch of money to charity and everyone made this big, like, you're so great. And it turns out that charity is a trust that he's also a part of. And that means Whoa. that his kids will be getting that money. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it was basically not really it. So definitely keep an eye out on that. Performative people, sometimes they seem like they're doing a lot, but, you know, check dot, you know, check your cross your t's dot your eyes check what they're doing see what's happening there um with that whole situation <sighs> the bars on the floor <laughs> one more part about bars on the floor melina mm-hmm. i had a friend of mine recently maybe they're listening to this pod they know about this um and i, I we were with, we were traveling with them last summer mm-hmm. and they mentioned to me that i was thanking people for doing the bare minimum and their response was, you shouldn't thank someone. I'm just doing what's the bare minimum. You should ask other people to raise the bar. And I hadn't thought about it that way. But by rewarding people for doing the bare minimum, are we accepting that that is just okay? Because like Bojack just saying, don't choke women. Well, yeah, we agree with you, but you should do more. Should we have pushed Bojack for more? Pushing people for more, is that is that the better approach? Mm. I think there needs to be a balance of the two. I think there needs to be a balance of what's the, it's it's like all is it, is it called operant conditioning? I forget the words, but it's like if they do something good, you give them positive reinforcement, so they'll keep doing it. Is it operant or classic conditioning? It's one of them. <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. Uh, but then yeah. there's also like there's that part, but then there's also like the and once they they get that feel good, then you can also ask them to do more because if they do like the bare minimum, and you just like tell them to do more. Then they're like, well, if I'm going to put an effort and not get like something out of it, then why would I even want to do more? We also don't want them to just be complacent with like a, just do the minimum, that's it. So I'm reading, I'm reading up operant conditioning versus classical conditioning. So operant conditioning is with, um, differs from classical conditioning, which is a process where stimuli are paired with biological. So classical is the Pavlov experiment, mm. you know, ring the bell, give food, ring the bell, give food. Mm. Um, in contrast, operating conditioning is voluntary and depends on consequences of a behavior. So uh-huh. what is the, um, the consequences of your actions? Mm. So I think more, you're thinking more like classical conditioning or what? Yeah, sorry. I think that's, that. I think that's more accurate. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that, yeah, that makes more sense with the classical. Cause it's like, if they could do the good thing, you praise them for it. They'll feel good doing it. So in the future, even without praising them, they'll still feel good doing that. Like you build on top of it by continuing to give them praise. I think it's, uh, it is interesting. I guess that's the part. You got to let people know when they're doing the right thing so they can continue doing the right thing, even when it's there. That's the mm-hmm. model I'm kind of go by. Mm-hmm. I think it is important to highlight when the thing they're doing is the bare minimum though. Like that's mm-hmm. what I've learned. I was like, this is great. Um, it was really awesome. We should also do this as well. Like this is nothing you can do on top. As you mentioned, like building that layer on top. Because mm-hmm. I think it's important to know when, like, I don't think anyone told Bojack, like, don't choke women is great. <laughs> I'm glad you're saying everybody was like, yeah, we're approving this, right? Like, this is, you know, the classical conditioning, if you will, we're yeah. giving him some reward. But no one has told him that is the bare minimum. Yeah. Right? Until Diane came and was like, this is all the stuff you need to do. He was like, no, 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 I'm getting enough here. And no mm-hmm. one else has said it other than Diane. 
Until he saw it, there was something in it for him. Then he was like, I want to do more things now. Exactly. And then it actually mattered because other people were bringing up and they were asking him questions. And he was like, now I got to actually be there. So I think until there's a mix of both. One, we have to give some amount of reward. And two, is it's like making sure that we're providing the right motivation to be like, hey, this is how you grow. And I'm saying all this as if it's the work of the minority group. So in this case, women, which we're both part of, but also other um, racial groups, which we also are both part of, POC women. Woo! Um, but that is a lot of work when you're in an intersectional minority to be constantly doing to educate your other friends. Mm-hmm. So, you know, this is why it comes some of that other stuff that uh, Abram X. Candy talked about, about how to be an anti-racist, talk about um, thinking of people complexly and making space for that is helping all of that helps unload some of the burden off these um, minority groups. So it's, it's a lot of work, but we're all we're all working hard in this world. Exactly. So, Melina, as we wrap up this episode, I have one important question. So, Bojack did a lot of talking this episode. No murdering, no driving drunk that we know of. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no suspicious activities mm-hmm. other than the ones we already know of. Mm-hmm. His death is possibly for based on <laughs> reckless driving, leaving <laughs> her friend at the hospital, um, running over that deer at that time. <laughs> So, and being part of Sarah Lynn's uh, murder, or not murder, mm. death, sorry, being part of Sarah Lynn's death, like that's another suspicious death he was a part of. Mm-hmm. So we don't have any other information as of today, but for roughly, do you think Bojack's good or bad? I mean, if we ignore the murders, I, I think he's still on the neutral side. Yeah, I think it's definitely ignoring the murders. It, causality. I think with all the DUIs, it would be a manslaughter for sure. <laughs> this is this is the same as he's always been, in my opinion. Like, yeah. he gets some praise. He keeps on doing whatever it is, even if it's kind of like, a, you should be doing this anyways kind of thing. But <laughs> what do we do? Bojack is neutral, folks. That's the verdict from Melina. Uh-huh. So far. Yeah. But we'll see. Maybe working with Mr. Peanut Butter on Filbert might drive him over the edge. I mean, will he? I don't know. Maybe he'll be good. I can see, you know, I can see him and Mr. Peanut Butter teaming up and making Filbert amazing. Actually, maybe. Also, this is going to be Mr. Peanut Butter and Diane working together. Melina, you, you mentioned he still has the feels. It'll be interesting to see how that goes. We're releasing every week, folks. So you can watch episodes and stay along with us weekly as we release them. And you'll have to find out exactly what happens and what Melina's verdict is next episode. Season five, episode five. Oh my God, it's five, five. That's it's <laughs> so many episodes. I can't believe this. Uh, but thank you, everyone. Remember to like, follow, subscribe, share, social media things. Anything else, Melina? Tell your grandparents so they can uh, tell their friends. <laughs> yeah, we're really trying to go for that mar- uh, age demographic. Tell your grandparents. Go for it. I, I, Yeah, go for it. Do it. Do it. Tell your friends and your grandparents and your family, everybody. And listen to us. We'll tune in next week. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye. Follow us on our socials. We're Yakin' About Bojack on Instagram and Yakin' About Pod on Reddit. You can listen to us on Anchor, Spotify, Breaker, Google Podcasts, Pocket Cast, and Radio Public. Yakin' About Bojack is produced, recorded, and edited by Melina and Aditi. Music is by Podcast Co.'s royalty-free album, Keep Calm and Podcast, the song One Fine Day. All thoughts on this podcast are personal opinions. 
If you or someone you know is experiencing issues with addiction, substance abuse, or any of the topics mentioned in this episode, please know there is hope and seek professional help.